we're back from the blue corner and what can I say? What blue corner would be complete without a set of blue boxing gloves? So I want to give a quick shout out to Powerbox Boxing for sending a little care package throughout the week. And I have to say I am totally impressed with the quality of these things and I'll be ordering another pair um, to use throughout training and, and, and to you know tap people's chins. Before we get started today, I have to give a couple of birthday shout outs to the Leos in my life. Uh, they're both celebrating a birthday this week. Um, and without them, this podcast wouldn't be possible. And if I forgot their birthdays, this would probably be the last episode. Um, so happy birthday, and we will celebrate in full effect once this pandemic is over. But having said that, we're on to today's episode. Um, today's guest has come up through the national circuit. He was the uh, featherweight champion twice for Brace uh, before claiming titles in the uh, Super Fight League and also Urban Fight Nights um, and then getting the call up from the UFC last October with a fight of the night performance. He's very impressive and his army makes a lot of noise. I'm talking about none other than Jamie Malarkey. How have you been? Been good, mate. Been good. Uh, been training very hard. Couple of little, couple of little hip hops along the way, as everyone's been having. But uh, yeah, everything's been going well, mate. So when you say hip hops, is is that just uh, you know based with the uh, whole pandemic that's going on at the moment, or or is there more to it? Yeah, yeah, and a couple of my own. Um, so I had surgery at the start of the year. Um, just a not not your ideal start uh, to the UFC. Just uh, just having my debut, um, going into my second fight, uh, I got injured and had a bulged disc in my neck. Um, so that had to that was a pretty serious injury. Had to get uh, surgery on that in March, um, and then yeah, obviously with the whole coronavirus, um, just trying to trying to train through all of that and but we've been making it work and and has it been hard to to train through that or or have you guys kind of been in a better situation because being central coast i guess you're a little more isolated already than you know sydney or or in in in, at the moment melbourne's the, the real bad one but like have you been able to train all the way through or has it been like a case of as max holloway said where whether you believe him or not, where he's been doing a lot of his training just through Zoom. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, we've been making it work, man. It's uh, It was difficult, like like starting off, um, but I think everyone was doing the, the same thing and just getting a home set up. Getting a home set up and just training every day and making it work. Yeah, right. And um, so let's let's go back to the beginning. Um, you know, uh, when when did you decide that MMA... Because you played football before that, right? Yes. And you used MMA as a way to keep fit in the off-season. Yeah, yeah. When did that all occur and did you ever consider going back to football or was it once once you made that transition, you were kind of done and dusted? Yeah, well, initially I was going straight back to footy. I was just, like you said, in the off-season, just going to train. When season come back around, I was just going to be fitter, like just – just to just to fill in the uh, oh, instead of getting fat and lazy and 
unfit those first couple of weeks back to footy were always so fucking hard but uh yeah then i've kind of just got stuck in it because i was um i picked it up pretty well uh better than better than any other sport that i've done and then when i had my first fight uh like a year later uh there was there was no going back or i was just obsessed all I, all I wanted to do was train and what pushed you to mixed martial arts to begin with like you say obviously to keep fit but i mean you know there's 101 ways to keep fit so what got you into mixed martial arts yeah uh just watching it on tv i was watching it with my brother on a uh, fuel tv when it was first um first coming over here and <clears throat> i just started uh getting hooked on it was ultimate fighter seven that the thing amir sadala amir sadala beat uh cb delaway in the in the finals and um like i've just never seen these like arm bars and started seeing like everyone sees it as cage fighting but i started seeing the technical side of it that, that these guys they're not just getting in a cage and locking the door and whoever comes out like you know it's a, it's not a fight to the death that like it's a it's a technical martial arts it's mixed martial arts and that side of it was cool so i was just interested in it and just literally just wanted to just to try it out and have a bit of fun and then got good at it and got stuck in the sport 10 years later or 11 years later now so and that's definitely a throwback fuel tv i don't even know if that that's still around um no. i mean i i don't even watch foxtel anymore so i really don't know if it's still around but uh, i i do remember fuel tv and i do remember watching the fights back in the day yeah um so do you do you remember the first fight <coughs> you took um who who it was against and what what promotion and do, do you still remember your first fight yeah yeah my first fight was um tougher five uh tougher was a mma promotion on the central coast um ran by a guy brian I, I don't know i can't remember his last name but um yeah it was a good show and i just got it was a on a about a month's notice they just said do you do you want to fight uh his name was luke podgy the the kid i fought from another gym and yeah we went out and i think it was it was two five minute rounds it wasn't scheduled for three um and i yeah went out there and i uh, got a first round stoppage and how was that first experience like do you do you, do you remember the the emotions leading into it like i mean i know you say you picked it up pretty easily and and you know it was kind of like a draw to you but like was there nerves going into that first fight like how 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 was that moment um as i say leading in whether it be like the training camp leading up to it or even um you know backstage warming up Oh, nervous as hell. I remember it like it was yesterday. Like the best way I can describe it is um, exactly what Mike Tyson said when he was having his first fight, where he just he just didn't want to go out there. He just wanted to run away. That was uh, the kind of the feeling it was like on the night. The lead up and everything was just um, really exciting, but on the night it was it was probably the most scared I've ever been. You know, I could like going out there in front of a in front of a big crowd and and fighting someone in a cage it was uh it was pretty intimidating and even with your first fight did you already have the malaki army there or is that something that built over time and i only and i only say that because um 
Sam Goodman, who was one of my guests earlier on, he kind of had the same story where, he, I mean, he's boxer, he's not MMA, but um, he did the same thing. He took it up to keep fit during the off season for football. And he's also, I mean, he's also got an army behind him, right? Like every time you go to his fights and, and I guess it's all his ex-football teammates and everything like that so like my question is is it the same with you like is the malaki army like your 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 football team that's like followed you during your whole career now or has that been an army that's kind of built over time yeah it's my it's my initial close friends and family um as far as the first fight that i ever had like the first couple of fights i was pretty quiet about it really like it was my thing. I wasn't really. I don't. I didn't really tell many people. Um, I think after my first fight, I went back to school on Monday, and a lot of my mates didn't even know I had a fight. And then everyone, like we just, a few of them were asking, "Oh, how'd you go?" And then, well, you didn't even have a black there. eye. Ah, uh, nah. Luckily, <laughs> luckily, it took me a few fights to to start getting hit, and now I can't. Now I can't stop <laughs> stop getting hit. <laughs> but um. Yeah, it's it's definitely grown, but it's the Malaki Army's my 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 friends and family. They know they are. <laughs> it's so much fun to watch. Like I said, the same to Sam. You know, it's it's it, it it's like you really get the buzz as soon as that walkout happens when you have that kind of support behind you. Like it's unreal. Like I love it. Right. Like yeah. it's it, it's it's such a fun hoot. And uh, I mean, when they make a lot of mo- noise, they make a lot of noise. Um, but so from, from that, when, when did you originally move? Cause I know you took a couple of amateur fights under the brace brand as well, right? Yep. Yep. So when, when did that all happen? Like how far in did that happen? Was that? Yeah. So my first amateur fight on a uh, brace was, um, 2000, I think it was 2013 against Martin Newitt. And I had one amateur fight with Brace that um, we had a we had a cracker fight, and then I went pro in two thousand and uh, yeah the end of two thousand and thirteen, and I faced uh, Luke Hume. So that was well, how old was I? Nineteen then. And I mean that's a crazy amateur fight, right? I mean when you when, when you think about <laughs> it, like I mean he's now the champ champ for one FC, and it's like. You know, if you're going to have a fight at amateurs, that's probably not the one that you want to have. But I mean, you know, I mean, when you look at your resume of, of people that you fought, you've definitely fought some of the best. I mean, we'll go we'll go further along, and 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 you know, people realise that you've already now fought the current UFC champ. So you've definitely been fighting, you know, some some really top competition, even on the national circuit. Um, but you started with Brace. You 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 turned pro. Um, and what was your record? You 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 went up. What was it? Ten ten zero in 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 the pro. Yeah, so I went nine and zero, um, and then got to nine and zero, and we got offered Alex Volkanovski for the AFC featherweight championship, and um, yeah, that was a fight that I wanted. That was that was probably the the belt that I wanted the most. Um, at the time because I saw that a lot of the AFC champions were getting signed by the UFC. So UFC has always been the the goal to, to make it into. Um, and, yeah, that was where I, fu- I suffered my first loss. 
against uh, Alex Volkanovski. He uh, he knocked me out cold first round, um, but I learned a lot from that fight. And and is it something that you can look back on and 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 say to yourself, you know, if you were ever to have that fight, you you would make certain adjustments. Like when when you say you learned from that fight, what where where is it that you think it may have gone wrong, and and what kind of uh, adjustments would you make? Look, I'm not saying you guys are going to fight again, but like if you were to take a fight like that again, um, you know, what what kind of adjustments would you would you? Yeah, for sure. There's adjustments to make in every fight, let, let alone whether you win or lose. Um, and the biggest thing I remember learning from from fighting Alex was I knew that he was uh, he's done a lot in the sport. He was done more than me. He was the, at the top of the Australian featherweight division. So the biggest thing for me with that fight was um, I remember letting his hype and just just kind of forgetting about um, what I've done and forgetting that, uh, like, you know, I'm tough too. I was letting – I was almost already beaten before stepping in the cage that night um, just from, you know – Things people say, like all the everyone just putting him up on the pedestal and everything like that. Um, so yeah, it would be more uh, the the biggest thing I learned was definitely just believing in yourself more so than anything. And did you did you find that suffering that that initial knockout because that was the first time you you got knocked out, right? I mean, yeah. During your brace run, as I say, you were kind of undefeated until that point, and. I remember watching you embrace and, and there were a few times that I was like, ooh, you're in a tough spot, but you somehow always came out at the other end. But um, having that defeat, that, that knockout, um, and I only asked because obviously after that you came back to brace and you suffered one more loss, right? Mm. Do you think that had anything to do with that knockout? Um, or are they just two separate instances? And and the only reason I ask is like you know when you sometimes hear of people and they say you know like it's hard to recover once you've been knocked out or or even if it's just like a confidence thing because until then you've been undefeated so you probably felt you know ten foot tall and bu- bulletproof and then someone was able to get a notch on you like coming back on that on that fight afterwards was there. Um, not a lack of confidence, but like, did it drop a little bit because you had now suffered that loss, or you, you know what I'm trying to say? It's yeah. like, uh, did did that play into your next fight at all? Uh, a little bit, you know. Like when you get when you get stopped like that, it's always deep in the back of your mind that it could happen again. But it's it's the game we play. Um, so yeah, it was still still there a little bit, but it's. It is what it is. You just get back on the horse and get back in there. And then, obviously, you went on from there. And and as said in the intro, you you went on to win multiple belts. Um, one in in Urban Fight Nights, um, and then the other one in the is it Super Fight League? Yeah. Yep. Um, how was your experiences with those with those leagues? Yeah, yeah, it was unreal. Um, so with Urban Fight Night, that was actually I was training to fight for the featherweight title and this was when I was this is when I transitioned like made the move up went up weight to lightweight because I was scheduled to fight featherweight and my opponent pulled out and they said look we can try and get you another featherweight or 
we've got uh, Josh Togo and you can fight him at lightweight. So I just – and it was actually such a blessing in disguise because, you know, my coach Ross was even saying to me, um, I'm, I'm not liking you getting down to featherweight anymore. Like I was, you know, seven weeks out eating eating little to nothing and um, looking looking just drained and uh, and where I should be feeling strong, I should be enjoying my training camp and enjoying training. But uh, there, so I, I said yes to the to the lightweight title. Jumped up a weight class and started performing better. Felt felt my new home. And do you look back on that and and sometimes think, why was <coughs> I cutting that kind of weight before? Because you you used to cut a bit of weight, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, like no, it's just about learning along along the process like i was able to make that weight and still perform and then as time went on you know grew, grew i filled out a bit more grew a bit bigger um and i started to notice that my performance wasn't the same and it was it was starting to affect my performance uh, like pretty massively so that was when we said okay We've got a crack at this lightweight title. Let's go for that and see how we feel. And it was like a hundred times better. My ability to take a shot is a lot better when I'm more hydrated. I'm not cutting that. It's just that extra couple of kilos at the end of your weight cut. Every fighter knows that. Every fighter knows that you can get within a range um, and still feel good. And then it's those last those last two kilos at the end that are that are killer and especially if it's a big cut uh lightweight's not too bad for me because i'm i'm definitely closer to that weight when i'm just fit and walking around um and i don't i don't sap myself that extra two three kilos that really affects me 24 hours later when you're when you're fighting someone so why do you think so many fighters do these massive weight cuts like because you know like I kind of I kind of ask because you see like a lot of these fight Michael Chiesa's one right where he was really draining himself all the time and it was getting a problem and he's moved up a weight class and he's had some massive success and I always wonder like why why do you think it is in in the fighter's mentality especially early on in the career to always try to cut as much weight as as you possibly can I think it's cuz you are making that weight class and it's just the norm, and the idea is to be the bigger guy, to to still perform uh, at your at your optimal weight, and be the biggest that you can be in the in the cage. That's that's the end goal. So some guys can do it. Some guys can cut. Like I remember Rick Alchin when um he's a training partner of mine, and you know he's one of the biggest welterweights in the in the country probably the biggest and he could still perform from cutting a lot of weight um so if you can do it like hats off to you but it's again it's learning along the way it's learning what works for you and what doesn't it took me two losses to learn uh that and it, it might just even be the way i was doing it as well i could maybe i could still get to to featherweight um even now but I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't see that happening anytime soon. So the the Alex fight was that at featherweight or lightweight? Yeah, featherweight. That was a featherweight. Yeah. 
Yeah, so it's kind of crazy. And and do you find now that you're not cutting as much weight, do you find um, – because obviously your last fight was a barn burner and it went the distance. Do you find that not only about being able to take a shot, but do you find that your energy levels are Definitely. better better throughout? Like you're not getting to like, you know, halfway through round two and, and feel – like did, did you used to find that – like could you actually feel your energy levels dip? Yeah, yeah, no, nah, exactly what you're saying in featherweight. Uh, my last couple of fights, I noticed that, uh, yeah, I was the bigger guy. Um, my last couple of fights that I even won at featherweight, I'd be blowing steam after the first round. Like, And I think the, the big weight cut the night before, the day before, had a massive play played into that, you know what I mean? So you obviously now train under uh, Ross Pearson, who, who's also had like a pretty successful UFC uh, career. Yeah. Um, how how is that and how how's the gym like have you guys relocated because i saw somewhere i don't know if it was on the actual central coast mma or something but a few weeks back you guys were kind of like setting things up again so have you relocated or what what's going on out yeah, there yeah we've just moved into a, a new location just uh, like just down the road from the old one but uh it's a bit bigger of an area better better space for us and um yeah it's it's cranking man everyone's uh, everyone's just chomping at the bit and how has ross's transition into coaching been like from from your perspective because i mean look you can be a good fighter it doesn't necessarily always mean you're the greatest coach but then some people pick up on 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 that coaching talent really really easily like so as as a coach how how, how do you find um you know training under ross yeah he's a natural man he's a he's a natural he's um he's a, he's also a training partner like he's still he's still fit and active and hungry um so it's a it's a good combination i'm really enjoying it um he's very good at breaking things down and yeah like you said not everyone can do it but he's he's doing great mate and he's got a lot of experience i mean and and i think that comes into it as well you know like and i'm talking about not even the the coaching side of things but dealing with the pressures of of you know fighting yeah. in the UFC and stuff like that. I'm sure like there's a lot of experience that goes into that. Um do you know is he going to is he going to take any more fights or is he you, you think he's now settled into the coaching role and he, and and that's where he is or is, is there a potential that he might take a, another fight here or there? Oh, I think he'll still fight again. Um whether it's boxing, MMA, I'm not sure, but he's uh, <laughs> he's still hungry to get at it. Still hungry, nice. Yeah. So when when it comes to um you know the the regional side of things as well um was there you know ever a time because i mean you you've been grinding on the regional scene for a long time now uh, before obviously october was there ever a time that you kind of felt like man is it ever gonna happen uh yes and no i like i, I love fighting man so i was gonna be fighting regardless but um yeah, you do. You do sort of have the doubts um, kind of come in, and yeah, you're wondering, like, what's it going to take? How do I get in? How do I get in? But the best, uh, the best sort of advice I can give is just keep your head down, keep working, keep winning fights, and it'll come. I mean, and, and the only reason I ask is, you know, I, I get that you love to fight. Like, I, I, you know, you're one of the people that I do really, as I say, see that in. Um, but there also comes a point where you're kind of like, well, am I making a career out of this or not? And, you know, the the national 
scene, so to speak, is is a lot harder than I guess in the pay packets than it is when once you start getting onto these international circuits. And I'm not saying UFC specifically could be Bellator, could be One yeah. FC. I mean, I know Martin's doing really well for himself, you know, but you know, we all know that the national scene is is a bit of a hard slog, you know, and and then it, there must come a point where you kind of like, I love to fight. But am I going to do it as a hobby on the side or am I going to keep pushing through to actually try to make this into a career? Yeah, yeah, no, you do. You sort of have those those conversations with yourself um, every now and then. But, yeah, I think uh, I think if you love it enough, you, you're going to keep going. Um, like, to, to me, it wasn't always – it was always the end goal to get in the UFC, but it wasn't always just about that. Um, so that you have to you have to love it to keep going, you, you really do. It's one of those sports like the the shit we put our bodies through, the the mental stress, um, the sacrifices. It's it it is hard, man. It's, it's why not many people can stay in the sport for for a long time. And I think that's with everything. Um, you know, like I mean, I've I've done uh, touring with some bands as well, and like even when you when you see their their kind of struggles right like some of the biggest bands like for the first eight years you know you kind of go are we doing the right thing and it's those people that keep pushing through you know they 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 eventually make it which is kind of crazy um now do you have i guess a agent or does does ross kind of play that part as well or how, how does that work and and i only ask like for instance, this this call up that you got last year is was was that purely on because I know you also called um, Brad out on one of the socials. I forgot which one. I think it was Twitter or something like that. Yeah. Um, or do you have someone act who was actively trying to get you in in into the big leagues? No, nah, no, nah, we we got in just by hard work and making a lot of noise, just making a lot of noise on social media and. It's it's opportunity as well. I saw that as a massive opportunity. Like the UFC was coming to Melbourne in October, so we were like training, but not training like you've got to fight. Like in all honesty, it was um, we were, we were just training, and then I saw he gets signed, and it was like bingo, this is it. Like let's let's ramp it up. Um, so no, I've, I've, I don't have any management. Okay, so and and that's what made you go after him because I was actually going to that was going to be my next question. Why Brad? But it was because you saw that he got signed and you were like, okay, well, he it's time for us to start making some noise. Or yeah, yeah, he was my ticket in. He was. I saw that he was. Uh, it said he was signed to fight on uh, on October six for UFC two forty three. So, but he, opponent TBA. So I was like, who who else are they going to put him against? Like, I'm I'm right here, I'm right here, I'm ready to go. Um, made the noise, tagged the UFC, and um, it worked. Every all my all my f- family, friends, supporters, it was like it was different on this on that one. Like I had, you know, when you get a feeling, and you get it, like it was a feeling. Like I was like, I think it's going to happen. I think this is because everything was just blowing up. And uh, people were seeing it, and <clears throat> it, it came through. 
And when did the initial contact go? Like, what was it? Uh, how, how did that all happen? Was it a, a phone call from the UFC? And like, or how, yeah, how did it all come about? Yeah, so Ross was talking to the UFC for me and he he gave me the nod. He said, we got it. And um, yeah, it was, it was on from there. And was there any point in, in that whole preparation? So short notice, I mean, you ended up having, by the time you knew I mean, as you said, you were training all along, but when you actually knew the fight was going ahead, you probably had, what, three weeks? Yeah. Three weeks to prepare? Yeah. Um, on the biggest UFC card ever, crowd-wise, crowd, crowd wise, um, obviously supporting the home turf. Um, yeah, like, was there ever a moment in that three weeks then that you were like, oh, I've bitten off more than I can chew or that never crossed your mind? You were just like, that's... that's nah, yeah, not once. That, that was, in my eyes, it was uh, it was mine for the taking. Um, and then it just played out how it played out. He, he did well. Uh, yeah. Okay. I mean, you've got to be happy with that performance. It's it's not often <coughs> that, you, that you make a debut like that. As I said, on the biggest stage in the world, biggest capacity crowd ever. And then you pick up the the um, fight of the night honors, right? And even that, I mean, because you were on the undercard, right? Yeah, yeah. So like normally, I mean, you'll you'll get perform- performances of the night sometimes in the undercard or whatever. But to have the fight of the night, I think that was, um, you know, that was a, a a good chip to to kind of take home. Um, you know, is there anything that happened during that fight that you weren't expecting or? I mean, obviously, apart from not getting the win, like, did it play out the way you thought it would, or is there anything that kind of surprised you, or, or even like we've uh, going back to the nervous energy and stuff. Like, was there anything leading up to that experience that you hadn't already played through on your head a million times over? Um, you know, is there anything? Uh, um, no, I think everything was everything was what I expected. To be honest, I knew it was a tough fight. I knew it was going to be tough. Um, it didn't go the way I saw it going because I saw myself winning, obviously. But he he was he was strong. That surprised me. He was he was very very strong, um, hard to hold down. And then the the short lead up didn't go in my favor because I didn't have the confidence to to go hard from the start. I was trying to sort of save my energy, and then the fight got wild, and I. I pretty much gassed it there at the end of the fight in those last, you know, two and a half, three minutes where that's the last thing the judge sees. And um, I just didn't have the gas in the tank. Um, we, we left it all out there. So it was good to to get the fight of the night, obviously. But it was, yeah, it was still bitter, bittersweet. Um, like all, all, the, all the fight of the night done for me was, uh, took a little bit of sting off, off the loss. Like it was... If it was a, if there was a way to lose your debut, that was the way. That was that was the best way to lose. But uh, I still it still eats away at me that I didn't win that fight because well, I think and, I should have won that fight. Well, and also like I mean the fact that you did take it to the distance and stuff like you know what I mean. Like there, there's always going to be that that point where it's like I mean say he knocked you out or say he submitted you or something like that. You know, like at the end of the day, like it when it comes to like decisions and stuff like that, it, it's. You know, I mean, that's why you always get people crying as well. Oh, it's a bad decision. It's this and that because it's mm. it, it's so much like objective, right? It's it's really yeah. objective as well. Like, 
you know, had had you done it again the next day, they might have given it your way. Like you really don't know. Like it's 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 not a bad way. I mean, I know what you're saying. Like you you want to take the sting out of it, but like it, if you were going to go down, that's probably the best way. Yeah. yeah. Um. So is that a fight now that you're over and done with? Um. In the sense of, you know, are you are you looking forward to the next challenge or because um you took took it as a loss would you like to you know run that one back and and, and do it again oh for sure yeah i'll run that fight back tomorrow like it's like any loss any any loss you ever get you you want that fight back um so yeah no that's definitely a fight that i want to run it back and and is it something that you want to run back straight away, or are you happy to take a few fights in between before you get there? No, I don't plan. I don't plan ahead, man. I just do. I, I take one step at a time. Do do what's in front of me. Uh, whoever gets offered to me, I'm fighting them, and uh, we'll go from there. And so, when you got this this call up as well, did was was it? A one fight deal, and obviously, I, I would assume that after doing a fight of the night performance they'll contact you again or did you straight away sign on for for three fights or how yeah it's a four fight contract so yeah just based on performance on my on my next four fights it's that's where we go nice and I, I i guess everyone was kind of hoping that they'd get to fight island right did you did you ever imagine that maybe you'd get the call up for that or yeah I was, I've, I've been waiting so it's uh yeah it would have been a cool experience um I was just helping Alex Valkanovsky get ready for Fight Island, actually. So he. Uh, well, I don't know if you were helping him because, according to him, as I said, he kind of threw you under the bus because he's doing all this press stuff and he's got this busted up nose. And I, <laughs> I, I, I remember actually looking at some forums and people were like, he's got a broken nose. And I was like, I don't know if it's broken. It's definitely got a few marks on there. And, and when they asked, they were like, oh, how'd you do the nose? And then he was like, Jamie Malarkey. <laughs> Nah, yeah, I got a cheeky one in on him. Just <laughs> that was probably the only shot I did land on him. <laughs> so was that like a um, a head clash, or how how did that all happen? Uh no, we were just sparring. I think I just landed a landed a jab or something like that. Um, but yeah, it was it was good good rounds down there. We had a, a lot of uh, a lot of the top guys in the in the featherweight and lightweight uh, Australian circuit were down uh, just helping him get ready. Um, obviously crazy time to get ready for a fight a world title fight like i think he, he got six weeks notice or something that he's defending his world title against max holloway um so he had to obviously alex and his coach uh, joe lopez had a uh, freestyle they had to um get an exemption from the government and make it all legal that we're allowed to train like do full contact training because <clears throat> uh yeah at that stage it wasn't it wasn't legal yet to for everyone to be doing full contact or, or the gyms weren't open and everything like that so and i have to ask you you obviously watched the fight yep and how did you score it man raise a close fight but i think alex took it yeah yeah, yeah i gave uh rounds one and two max got off to a good start um round three was the top toss up round for me and then alex definitely won the last two rounds which are the those they're the important ones they're the they're the championship rounds that you you have to leave it uh when you're leaving it in the hands of the judges that's the last thing they see and alex outworked him 
And so with the toss-up uh, toss round being round th- three, what is it that tilted towards Alex in, in your opinion? Um, I think he's constant movement and pressure and he had more volume. Um, look, it was a close fight. Like it's, it's, it's hard to say it, it could have gone either way. I think it's, it's one of those sort of fights, but I do think Alex did enough and did more. And look, it is, Alex it, is the champion too. If you're taking is, the belt off the champ, you got to do, you got to do a lot more. See, I, I, I'm in two thoughts with that. Like I, I totally agree. Like it is totally objective once again, right? When we're talking about judges, uh, what they look at. Um, and when you look at the uh, fight stats after after the fight, um, he definitely was the busier he did? fighter. Yeah, oh, like, I didn't even so, see the stats. So ba- ba- well, actually, he wasn't busier, but he was at a higher uh, percentage. Mm. And so he got more hits. So basically, uh, he landed more shots at a higher percentage, but Max threw more shots. Right. But obviously, so, missed more shots too, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so those kind of stats do back up that, you know, Alex won that fight, um, if you are going to put it to those stats. But once again, the judges don't have those stats on the night, right? So it, that, that one's a hard one. When it comes to, like, beating the beating the champ, I, I don't necessarily agree. Um, like, I always, like, I know that's how it's always looked upon. Yeah, it right? is the way it is, though. <laughs> um but yeah, like it's the same, you know. Like sometimes, uh, and I've seen this uh, in in other interviews and stuff when they talk about like you know you can have a fight that's forty eight forty seven, and then you can have a fight that's actually forty five fifty, and the forty five fifty is actually closer than the forty eight forty seven. Yeah. But people are like, "What do you mean? Like, it's it's a blowout." But like, it's the same thing. You should be judging each round separately, separately, yeah. not yeah. the whole fight. So you could have. You know, five rounds, which are razor close, but each one going to the one person, making it the forty-five fifty, and the other one could be like a bit of a blowout here and there, but yet it's closer at the end total. And I, I kind of feel the same way that, you know, and I forgot who said it, but it's it's kind of like once you go into a title fight, you're both fighting for that title. It's not that I'm trying to take the title off you. It's the fact that we're both fighting now for for that title. But it does get thrown around a lot, and I'm sure in the judges' opinions, a lot of the time they're like, uh, "Has he done enough to take it?" So I do, I do see that is the case, but I don't necessarily agree with it. If that makes sense. Yeah, right. I yeah, I'm with you. Um, I, I feel the same, but I think that the later rounds, like from as a fighter, I think those rounds should be more important because if that fight keeps going and there's no referee, there's no rounds, there's no judges. Like who's winning? Who's who's gonna who's gonna kill who? That's the way I look at it. So I th- like I, I see those later rounds. They they did a lot for Alex. So nice. So anyway, so going back to you though, you 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 had your your fight in October. You you came out of it, um, and then you said you had another fight lined up. Correct. Yeah. Did you have an opponent already? Yes. Yeah, I was supposed to fight um, Jalen Turner. Uh, lightweight from America, um, yeah, that was scheduled for February twenty third in New Zealand. Uh, man, it was like the best I've ever felt uh, leading up to a fight. Um, and then I was grappling, I was rolling my morning, and my neck just went and just had like 
the worst sort of nerve pain <clears throat> in my neck and running down my arm. Um, tried to push through it for two weeks. And so two weeks we were doing what we could. I wasn't wrestling. I was just in severe pain for for those two weeks. And um, I decided to go get an MRI scan done when I couldn't really lift my left arm. I, I started getting like the nerve damage was starting to take its toll and getting my hands up was uh, starting to get difficult. So um, went and got an MRI and <clears throat> they basically said, you, you got to go have surgery like as soon as you can. And what was the uh, what was the kind of like um, timeline on that? Like, was it just a a quick sort of procedure, or or was it a lengthy kind of? And when I say procedure, not the just the surgery itself. I'm sure they did that in one session. But like, was there a lot of rehab coming out of that? Uh yeah, there was a bit. It's a, it was a twelve week recovery they gave me, um, and yeah, just extensive rehab. Obviously, coming out of a, a neck surgery. Uh, it's all it's all good now. I'm um, I'm back doing everything that I was doing before, training hard, um, and I'm feeling really good. So happy with where it's at. And have they given you any hints now? Like, are, are, is it still going to be the same fight when you when you return, or now you're back on the shelf and you're waiting to hear about your next fight, or what 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 sort of the process? On yeah, that? I'm I'm waiting to hear. I don't I don't know. It's again, it's a crazy time. So uh, we're waiting to hear. I'm I'm hoping um hoping to get on as soon as possible, man. Yeah, and would you prefer to fight over <coughs> say in Vegas or I mean Fight Island's done now for, for the foreseeable future anyway. Um I yeah. mean there's talk maybe September or something like that. But uh um would you prefer to fight over there and, and, and make that journey or are you hoping that we get something on, on this side of the ditch again? Uh, it honestly doesn't matter to me, man, but uh sound the thoughts of Sorry, the thoughts of uh, going to America is pretty cool. It's like that's that's the dream, isn't it? Like traveling the world and fighting people. So, yeah, that excites me. Nice, nice. And so with with your training partners now, how how and I and I'll only say it here in Australia because I mean you know I mean over in the states you have so many camps and and I guess it's kind of easy to stay separated from one another. Um, but how how is the scene over here? I mean, and what I mean by that is obviously you fought Alex, and then now you've been a training partner for him uh, yeah. for for his most recent title defense. Um, Alex is also a teammate of Brad, right? So like, it's it's kind of like how 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 tight knit is everyone? I guess in the local scene. And I only say that as well because I know when Izzy fought uh, Robert. Oh, well, it's the same card. Uh, we were all down in Melbourne, and um, you know, um, Alex was down there as well, and he was obviously rooting for his boy Izzy. Um, but then I saw in this last fight, just this past weekend, that you know Alex was tweeting out support for now Robert, obviously because yeah. it's not his boy. So yeah, so how how close are I guess all our national fighters, um, or is there still? You know, like uh, no, I think the the Anzacs like we we help. You know, we support each other. Um, like if we cross paths, we cross fight paths. Like we're we're fighters. At the end of the day, we're I've I've got no problem with um, with training with with different gyms. Uh, you know, I've got my team 
Central Coast MMA, they're my team. Um, but if if any of us have to fight each other, we're going to sign the dotted line. Um, but I think we, we all stick together and if if an Anzac's fighting someone else but it's not, not my teammate, not against me, I'll, I'll be rooting for them. Yeah, nice. And so have you also trained at Freestyle? As well, like where, when, when you helped Alex or did he come to Central specifically? No, nah, no, nah, it was down in Freestyle, Freestyle Gym in Windang. And did you pick anything up there? Like is there different methods or is it just, you know, strictly business as normal and you're just in there uh, as a sparring partner? No, nah, no, nah, we learned heaps. So we were doing, um, doing two sessions a day every day. So not every session was, you know, balls to the wall thrown down. Um, we, we would have the technical sessions um and yeah learn heaps learn heaps off that's that's the best thing about going under one roof with all the best uh training partners in the country and i was i was very grateful to be a part of it to be honest mate it was um it was a massive learning learning experience and uh i was yeah very grateful that alex and uh and joe lopez had us down there and put it all together and do you ever see yourself um i mean i'm assuming maybe after the if you ever do run back the Brad fight, do you ever see yourself maybe going across the ditch and 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 doing a little bit with City uh, kickboxing over there, and only because of the kind of staple that they've got, which is you know your Dan Hookers, your, your Shane Youngs over there. I mean Cam Roston's moved over there now. Uh, you got Izzy Alex does a lot of his camp over there. Do you ever see yourself going over there just for a little while, um, you know, to have a little play around with those fellas or or um, do you see yourself doing all your training over here in in, in Australia? Oh, possibly, mate. Uh, yeah, who knows what's going to happen in the future? But for now, it'll be with my team. Um, and then, yeah, if it, it, I'd be any anything's possible, mate. Nice. Um, and I guess, uh, yeah. So, like, I mean, granted, we're in a pandemic, but we're at the midpoint of twenty twenty. Um, how do you see the rest of 2020 playing out in an ideal world? Like I know it's it's a bit hard to judge right now because of the pandemic, mm. but like do you see yourself fighting this year or do you see yourself fighting more than once this year or what, what are your kind of thoughts and feelings about, as I say, the back end of 2020? Yeah, I was just thinking about this the other day. Um, like I, I'd love to fight twice this year. I definitely will fight this year. That's That's a certain... Um, and yeah, hopefully come out un ungrazed and healthy and, uh, get, get straight back into it. Nice. And I guess the last thing I'll say with your camp specifically, like who, who are some of the, some of the people we need to watch out for coming out of your camp? Yeah. Yeah. We've got a few coming up. There's, uh, Drew Alexander. He's just had uh, a cracker fight with, um, one of the other best welterweights in the country on Superfight. Um, they had an absolute war, uh, and he's he's one to look out for definitely. Um, Tavita Valga, I think he's the number two ranked uh, heavyweight as a in the amateurs. Um, Cody Freeman, he's he's up and coming lightweight. He's he's going to be making waves real soon. So we got a, we got a ton of guys coming through, like young, hungry. Training very hard, and uh, are they hungry enough to knock you off your 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 poach or? Oh, mate, or, they, you, or, or are you still or are you still putting these youngins uh, uh, 
<laughs> Settle uh, down, kids. <laughs> oh, mate, we're, yeah, we we got to keep them in their place. You know what I mean? Nah, it's it's good, man. We've got a good uh good thing going down at Central Coast MMA, and um, yeah, good team, good uh, lots of talent, and everyone's hungry, and uh, they they got to they're keeping me on my toes, man. They're, honestly, it's uh, it's tough, tough rounds down there. And how often do you train? Like, is it once a day, twice a day? Like, well, what's your kind of week look like? Uh, twice a day, every day, and then I'll spar on Saturdays. And usually, try. Usually, I try to do something on Sunday, but usually it's like a, a beach workout or just something fun, something relaxing, um, just to keep the body moving, you know. But no, nah, every day, twice a day. And you obviously came down to Sydney today. And that was for a training session as well. Is is that like a weekly thing or what, what, what are your trips to Sydney for? Yeah, there's nothing set in stone at the moment, but I'll come down and i train with um, Josh Coolabau and Alan Philpot. Um, yeah, we were just down at Legends Gym today uh, with uh, Benavidez, striking coach. So um, doing some good good rounds down here too. And yeah, I'm, I'm looking to make that a weekly thing. Yeah, nice, nice. Well, I guess we'll start to wrap up. Um, but before we do, I guess we can run uh, your predictions on, on some of the fights that are coming up. Um, obviously, they're talking about having the Khabib-Justin uh, Gaethje fight. Yeah. Uh, who do you pick on that? Uh, how? Why? Um, yeah, I think uh, I think Justin Gaethje wins that fight. Um I think his wrestling is going to be enough to to cancel out Khabib's, um, and I think he'll I think he'll stop him. I think he'll get it. My prediction for that is TKO fourth round. It's amazing with Gaethje, right? Because I mean, he he was always this highlight fighter, but he was kind of like really throwing caution to the wind. And I think ever since he's really kind of settled. And become a more strategic fighter. He he's he's a hard one to bet against, right? Because at the beginning, like, I mean, he was entertaining the whole way through. He was what you know what I mean. Like, he was one of the most entertaining fighters. But you know, you go out wild. There, there's every chance you can get, um, you can get shot too. Yeah. Uh, where now, I just, I mean, his last fight against Tony, I I didn't expect that. I honestly didn't. And and that's only because I've seen Tony train as well and stuff like that. And you know, I knew it was going to be a, a tough fight, but I just I didn't see it going the way it did. Um, so I, I have to say Gaethje is is definitely one to look out for. Whether he can get Khabib, I don't know, but uh, we'll see. Um, what's the other ones? DC versus Stipe for the trilogy and I guess DC's retirement fight. Do you think uh, he gets the belt back and retires or do you think Stipe is now the heavyweight champ? Yeah, I got to go with Steve A for that one. Um, I think he's he's overcome that that hurdle in that last fight in that that last war. Um, it's hard to say with the heavyweights because it's just one punch away from being over. Uh, like you saw in the in the first uh, Cormier Steve A fight, just one right hook and it was it was done. But yeah, I think Steve is he's he's well rounded and. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think he, uh, I think he grinds out another win, maybe a decision this time. See, I might go against you on that one, and only because obviously DC won the first, and I felt that DC was winning the second. 
Right. I, I felt like on the scorecards he kind of was up, but then he got caught, right? He and props to Stepe. I mean, he he he's a workhorse, but um I kind of felt like, you know, but then again, like what at that age as well, you just don't know, right? Yeah. Like you, you you just don't know. The heavyweights like, are the hardest too. It's 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 so hard. And that's why I think Stepe is the best heavyweight there there ever was because he's held the belt for the longest. Yeah, at, the, at this time where where there's it's so hard to keep winning fights at this level, especially if you're a heavyweight or light heavyweight like like Johnny Jones, um, it's it's just incredible. What did you think of Gutherson uh, coming up to heavyweight? Did you watch that fight? Yeah. And uh, what 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 did you think of his heavyweight debut? I thought he was looking good. I thought he. I, I think physically he looks good as a heavyweight. He, he feels feels out. Um, looks strong, but Fabrizio Verdum is the worst possible guy that you can go to the ground with. He's the worst heavyweight to go to the ground with. Like, I think he's a two-time world jiu-jitsu champion. Uh, yeah, that was just. Um, Unfortunate how it played out for him, but I'm interested to see his next fight, see where he goes from here. And I wonder now if kind of seeing him in in heavyweight, if this will be kind of like you know John Jones is kind of like iron him out, gun. I've beaten him, da, 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 and and kind of now seeing like you know um, whether he he moves up as well. That'd be interesting to see. Um, and then the last title fight, which I guess everyone's. Uh, waiting on which is the Izzy Costa fight how do you see that one play out uh, I th- I think Izzy beats him I think uh, it's going to be technique versus brawn and yeah I say Israel taking that fight just keep he, he, he judges distance so well he understands the distance game um, in saying that Paul is a big strong guy like if he if he can use his wrestling Take him down, take him, wear on him, lean on him. Uh, it could be a good fight, but I, I think he's wrong. Do you think it goes the distance? Uh, no, I think he stops him. I think he might stop him in, uh, let's say, second, third round. So it's crazy now, right? Because before the Whitaker fight, like everyone was always like, oh, he's a point scorer, he's this and that. After he uh, managed to knock um, Rob out and... Granted, he, he, he did it in the first round, mm. right? Had there been another 20 seconds, that, that wouldn't have gone past the first round. But then to be able to do it in the second round and, and just knowing Rob's history with... Um, Yoel. Yoel. Mm. Um, you know, and everyone's always like, well, Yoel can knock anybody out. And then, like, to be able to do in two rounds what Yoel couldn't do in 10 was just amazing to watch, in a sense, right? It really was... Um, but I, I guess we'll, we'll wrap it up now, uh, unless there's anything you kind of want to um, bring up or, or, or have a chat about. Uh, yeah, no, that's uh, just big thanks to my gym. I'll just give my gym a shout-out, Central Coast MMA. Um, I'd like to just thank my sponsors, uh, Dependable Fire Services, Coastal Plumbing and Draining, uh, Next Gen Nutrition and uh, Stash House Clothing. Perfect. And just one last one since we're talking about clothing. Uh, UFC going from Reebok to Venom. Good, bad, what's your take? Oh, I don't have any idea. <laughs> I, don't know, I honestly don't know yet. I haven't, uh, haven't looked into it. I don't think anyone really knows what the what the new 
um, deal is yet. Um, so I will cross that bridge when we get to it, I suppose. I, I think it's a good move. Like, I mean, Venom's always been known as a mixed martial arts kind of brand, right? Like, I, I just think, you know, like before Reebok joined the UFC, um, I always just thought of them as an athletic brand. I didn't actually look at them as, as a mixed martial arts. And I mean, we're, we're talking about like what this and that. But I just think that, you know, when, when they were talking about the original uniforms, you know, there was a few mishaps and this and that. I just don't think that'll happen with Venom because I just think that's their game, you know. Like, you're now getting people in the game. It's kind of like if they would have said, we're going to tap out, for instance. And it's like, well, tap out, that's all they do, right? So I, I, I think it's a good move. Um, but, yeah, you're right. We'll, only time will tell. Um, for people that kind of want to get in touch with you or, or reach out to you or maybe even come get their ass beat by you for, for a little moment. Uh, what, what, what's the best way for them to, to get in touch? Yeah, uh, just follow me on Instagram, Twitter, Jamie underscore Malaki, and uh, Central Coast MMA is the, the place to go. Want to come in, get some rounds in, be my guest. Well, on that, I won't be coming in. Um, cause I, I, I've seen the damage that you do, but I, I, I do appreciate you making the trip, um, as always. And I look forward to your next fight and, uh, yeah, I, I, um, look, I'll put money on it now. I think it'll be another fight of the night performance just cause I know the kind of fights that you put up. But on that note, I really do appreciate the time, uh, for you to come, come in and, um, yeah, until we have some more news and get you back on another time uh we'll leave it at that i'm away i'm away